following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. ago, I did a funeral for a family. The husband had died. He had always dressed in bib overhauls, dirty from working outside in the farm. And when he showed up in church, he was always in an old raggedy suit, a tie a mile wide. He didn't want to spend any money to get a new suit. His white shirt was stained from many years of use. 
His collar was frayed and ugly. His shoes were beat up. I don't think Polly should ever touch them. And then he had a heart attack and died. Well, his wife was very concerned. She said, We can't bury... We can't bury him in that old suit. So Mom went to town and she bought a brand new suit for Dad. She bought new socks and new shoes. She bought a beautiful new white shirt. She bought a new tie. She cut his hair. Oh, he looked beautiful in that casket. He was all gussied up. Everybody said, he's never looked so good. The problem was, it was all after he died. He was a new man after he died. That's not the kind of conversion we need to talk about. We don't, we don't want and we are not interested in a conversion that happens after a man has already been destined to go to heaven or hell. There has to be a change before you die, or you will not walk in that new suit. There's a story found in the scriptures. Acts, the third chapter. You're listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. Thank you for listening today. I have a very urgent message for you. A message that will at one time bring great joy and happiness to your heart, and on the other hand, I pray it will bring great fear and respect for God. For it is time to be converted. And of course, my question to you today is, have you ever been converted? Have you ever taken off the old suit and the old shoes and the stained and filthy white shirt? Have you ever taken off the old man's clothes and have you been clothed by Jesus in newness of life? Are you a new person? And frankly, as I speak this word, I know that many of you are the old man and the old woman and you are still struggling in your sin and you think you're going to have to struggle and that Jesus will make up the difference. He won't. You have to be born from above. You have to be changed. You have to be converted. You have to be made into a new person now. Because your last day on earth and your first day in heaven, you will be just the same in your character. There will be no character change. You either are converted here and have on the new suit and wear the glorious white robe now, or you will never wear the white robe. Now, obviously, this means you must take careful inventory of your heart and of your life, and you must see what the idols are that you have established in your life. There are many idols today, the Apostle John, the very last verse of his first epistle, 
He warns us against the idols. In this story, in the third chapter of the book of Acts, Peter and John, I don't know how many days have passed since Pentecost. They have been very busy because suddenly 3,000 believers were added to the church, to the 120. They were 120 for 10 days, and then by the coming of the Holy Spirit, overnight they were 3,000 people. Peter and John, they go up together into the temple at the hour of prayer. The hour of prayer for the Jewish people was 3 p.m. in the afternoon. That is when the lamb was to be offered. I'm not certain why they still went to the temple for prayer, because they knew that the the veil separating the holy from the most holy had been rent in two when Jesus, the Lamb of God, had been sacrificed on Calvary's cross. But they go, and as they go to the temple at three in the afternoon, there is a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, who was carried by the family and laid daily at the gate of the temple, which was called Beautiful. Now, historically, there is no gate known as the Beautiful Gate. That was a local colloquialism because this gate, perhaps the double gate, was so beautiful. He was laying in that place on his mat. He was 40 years old. All he had ever known was his crippledness that prevented him from going into the temple. He was not allowed in the temple court. He had to remain at the temple gate. And there he asked for alms as people entered into the temple. I wonder if he ever lay at the temple gate and wept because he could not enter into the presence of God. No one who was maimed could enter into the presence of God. And so he lay there asking for alms, and then he would give the alms to his family who cared for him. And he sees Peter and John coming, walking together. I suspect they were in deep conversation about Jesus, about the business of the church, the needs of the people. And as they come past, he asks for alms. And Peter and John stop. The scriptures say in the King James Version, fastening his eyes upon him. He said, look at us. I want the Lord God to fasten his eye on me. And say to me, look at us. The scriptures say this crippled man from birth immediately gave heed unto them 
He was expecting to receive something from them. And Peter said, this is the third chapter of the book of Acts, verse 6, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now one of the problems we're faced with is that today we have silver and gold in our pockets, but we don't have Jesus of Nazareth. We don't have the power of the Holy Spirit. I would rather do without the silver and the gold and have the Holy Spirit. I am so hungry for Jesus. I was up much of last night praying, crying out to God, asking for the fullness of the Holy Spirit, asking for Pentecost on my life, asking that, Jesus, I could have more of you. I am hungry for more of Jesus. I'll do without the silver and the gold. Thank you very much. I trust Jesus to give me exactly what he wants me to have. I trust Jesus to cover the rent and the car and the insurance. I trust Jesus to look at me, to fasten his eyes upon me, and to give me what is necessary. But what I want, I want Jesus. Now, am I talking to anybody today who would rather have Jesus than silver or gold? Am I talking to anybody today who, like me, has a heart just hungering after Jesus? I'm frightened by this because all of my life I've sought after Jesus. And he's been very gracious to me. He has come to me in so many different ways. He's filled my heart with such love and joy and peace. But I'm sorry. I haven't had enough yet. This song many people sing, Feed me until I want no more. I'm sorry, you could feed me everything and I'd still say I want more I want more of Jesus I'm going to die if I don't have more of Jesus because I can't walk into the temple gate and see a beggar and have him ask me for alms and say to him silver and gold have I none even though I have very little gold and silver but I can't say in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk, and that's what I want to say. I want to say that to you today. I want to say to you, rise up out of your sin and be converted. Not some fairy tale that I'm now a Christian but continue to walk in wickedness and worldliness. That's a fairy tale. That's not the gospel of Jesus. It's not good news. He speaks these wonderful words. Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee. 
What do you have? A busy schedule? A lust for more fame? A lust for more money? A lust for more success? What do you have? What's in your pocket today? What are you hungry for today? When you answer the question for me, what do you have in your pocket? I can answer for you the question, have you been converted? Peter took him by the right hand and nothing happened. He took him by the right hand, it says, and lifted up, lifted the man up. And as he lifts him up, immediately his feet and ankle bones receive strength. And he leaps fully to his feet. He stood. He walked. He was leaping and praising God. And he went with them into the temple. He went into the presence of God. Now please hear me. This man was converted. What does it mean to be converted? It means to be totally changed. This man was changed from a beggar who was crippled from birth into a man of strength who could leap and shout and dance and run. Please understand when I say this. To be converted is not a miserable experience. To lay beside the gate ugly for you. That's misery. To be unable to enter into the throne room of God. That's misery. To be looked upon as someone who has sinned against God who has been rejected by God. That's misery. To be caught in the old way of life with bitterness and anger and reproach, that's misery. A heart full of accusations and judgments, that's misery. To be filled with pornographic images, to be filled with the fewer, the noise of the world, the exhaustion of the struggle, that's misery. To go to bed at night with a guilty, filthy conscience and to wake up the next morning and say, what did I do? Why was I so stupid? What was that woman's name I was with? Who was my drinking buddy last night? That's misery. I remember one man that I was talking with about the gospel of Jesus. He said, Pastor, 
I'm so miserable because when I wake up in the morning, I don't know the name of the woman in bed with me. I've had so many, I can't remember their names anymore. And I said to him, Joe, isn't it time to leave your life of sin and be converted? Now I have to tell you, he came to church for a short time. And then he said, I'm going to buy a new Porsche 911, turbocharged. I think the women will like that. And he went back to his life of sin. I spoke with him a couple of years ago. I called him. He was in California writing scripts for television. I said, Joe, how are you? And what have you done with Jesus? He said, oh, I don't worship Jesus. I'm now a Buddhist. I'm seeking peace in my heart. How utterly miserable is a man who tries to purify his life by denying himself everything except his love of women. That's a cripple who lies at the gate ugly. It does not become a beautiful gate until you have been converted and changed and transformed and made righteous, not imputed righteousness, not pretend righteousness, the real deal. Now, if you've listened very long to this broadcast, you know I don't believe in imaginary grace and imaginary cheap religion. I want I want New Testament religion. I want the real deal. I want the fundamentals of Scripture. I've been asked, are you a fundamentalist? And I answer, absolutely I'm a fundamentalist. I want the fundamentals of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I'm not going to compromise with darkness over those fundamentals. The word of God is is inerrant. The word of God is the breathed word of God. I trust this word of God. It's solid. It opens the way of conversion, of transformation, of being made into a new man in Jesus Christ. I know that sin and the power of sin at the gate ugly it must be broken and the gate must become the beautiful gate because now transformed legs made strong we come shouting and dancing and and praising and glorifying Jesus as we come into his presence through the gate beautiful. Have you been converted? Are you the same old, same old with a few improvements to the flesh? You've been working on your anger management for years. You've been trying to control those emotions that rise up so furiously in your heart. 
you've tried to go to counseling and deal with the bitterness and the anger against how you've been treated in the past. But you're still the same old. You're just a better version of the same old. Because you've never been converted. You've never been transformed into the likeness of Jesus Christ. I want to tell you, it's a beautiful thing to be converted. It's a glorious thing to be transformed and now look like Jesus and sound like Jesus and walk with Jesus. Now, I want to show you what this man does. It is such a glorious thing. All the people saw him walking and praising God. This is the King James Version, chapter 3, verse 10. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, he could not stop hugging them. When you're converted, you can't stop loving the person who confronted you and said, rise up and walk. You have to hug them. Because now the love is pouring from your heart. No longer are you depressed. No longer are you discouraged. No longer are you the same old, same old. You've been transformed. Your legs are now strong. And you run and shout and dance. And then you run back and hug them again. That's called the gate beautiful. You have left behind the gate ugly. May I say something to you today? Would you right now reach out your hand toward whatever you're listening to this broadcast on? If it's YouTube, reach out your hand to YouTube. Reach out your hand to the radio. Reach out your hand to whatever you're listening to this broadcast. I reach out my hand to you. And I'm saying to you, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, be converted, be changed, be transformed into the likeness of Jesus Christ. Will you receive it? And will you be changed? Will you confess your sins? Will you enter the gate beautiful into the holy of holies where Jesus Christ and Shekinah glory is dwelling on that throne with the Father? Today is your day. Jesus is coming by the ugly gate right now for you. He is coming by the ugly gate Now, will you say yes, Jesus, yes? Will you be converted? Will you repent of your sin? And will you receive a new life in Christ Jesus? Then your life will be transformed as you dance and laugh and hug as you enter in the beautiful gate the gate beautiful 
Now, the story does not stop there. It just is getting started. The people all gather in amazement. They actually run to see. Now, please, if you're converted, people are going to come running to see what has happened to you. Some will say you're crazy. Some will say you're a fanatic. Some will say, I liked you better the old way when you lay at the gate ugly. I was happy just giving you a few alms. Well, this pastor is not happy giving you a few alms. I want to give you life eternal in Jesus Christ. I want to give you a new life in Jesus Christ. And while you can't hug me on the radio, you could certainly come to the National Prayer Chapel and I'd be happy to have a hug from you. I'd be happy to hear your testimony of victory as you have walked out of your anger and your judgment and as you have walked out of wickedness and you now are made righteous by the glorious blood of Jesus Christ and now you are a new creature in him. Oh, I would love to have a hug from you. (laughs) Well, they all gather on Solomon's porch And Peter sees that all the people are coming. And they're asking, what happened? And he answers, Ye men of Israel, why marvel at this, or why look ye so earnestly on us, as though by our own power or holiness we made this man walk? The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob The God of our fathers hath glorified his son Jesus, whom ye delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But ye denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murder to be granted unto you. He's saying, look, we didn't do this. I can't convert you All I can do is come and speak as Peter and John spoke and say, be converted in the name of Jesus Christ. Be changed in the name of Jesus. But it is the power of Jesus that must come into your heart and into your life and give you the courage to leap to your feet and leave your life of wickedness and sin. And he speaks very frankly. And he says to these people of Israel, you made the wrong choices. Please, may I say that to you? Many of you have made the wrong choices. You've chosen to believe a lie that you can continue in your old dirty clothes until you die, and when you die, you're going to get a new suit and a clean white shirt and shoes that are polished. You're going to be dressed in a white robe No, it won't happen that way. That old farmer, I can tell you what happened to his beautiful new suit. If we were to open his grave today, that new suit would have moldered away on his bones. It would no longer be a beautiful white shirt. It would be stained now with body fluid. It would be utterly disgusting and ruined. 
you're not going to get a new suit and new shoes after you die. You have to leave the gate ugly and go through the gate beautiful if you're going to receive that robe of Jesus' righteousness. He wants to give it to you free of charge, but it will cost you everything to have it. Verse 16, And his name through faith in his name hath made this man strong. Faith in the name of Jesus will give you the power to leave your old life of sin. You don't have to keep going and repenting day after day for the same sins. You can be made free by the blood of Jesus, but you must be converted if that's to happen. You must be born from above. And now, brethren, I want, through ignorance that you did it, as did also your rulers, that is, caused Christ to be crucified. And you who listen to this broadcast, you through ignorance have caused Jesus Christ to be crucified. But now there is a way open for you to leave the old life and to be made utterly, totally, and completely new in glorious victory in Jesus Christ. Verse 19. Repent ye therefore, and be converted. Be transformed. Be made into something new. Be strengthened in your legs. Be able to laugh and shout and dance and enter into the courts of God. Be, be changed. That your sins may be blotted out or wiped out or removed. And when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord, and he shall send Jesus Christ. The promise is that if you will repent, if you will be converted, your sins will be blotted out, and Jesus himself will come to you. And oh, when that happens, as it has happened in my life, I can't stop hugging Jesus Christ. I pour out my love for him. I pour out my gratitude for him. For he has transformed me. He has made me into a new creature in Christ Jesus. I have entered in that beautiful gate. You can likewise enter that beautiful gate. but you must be transformed. If I come asking you today, are you clean before Jesus? I've asked so many that question. I've asked people in the grocery stores, in line. I'll turn to the man ahead of me or behind me, and I'll say, hello. And I'll say to him, are you a Christian? Most will say, oh, yes, I am. And then I say to them, Are you still walking in sin? Are you still struggling? 99.9% .9 will answer, Oh, yes. I have sin in my life, and I'm struggling with it. And I'll say to them, Would you like to be clean today? Oh, I can't. I'm going to be a sinner till the day I die. 
That man lays at the gate ugly. He's never entered in to the gate beautiful. Is that your condition today? Repent ye therefore, and be converted. Many of you have just assumed that you've been converted, but you've never had the strength or the power to live a holy and righteous life. That means you have not been converted. You've not been born from above. You may be a very fine religionist, but you lay on the outside of the camp of the temple of God. And you are not allowed to enter because of your sin. In the book of Acts, Peter says, Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. And when the time of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord, and he shall send Jesus Christ, What is your experience? What is your experience? Be honest with me. Don't hide. Are you walking in sin? Are you walking in anger and bitterness and hardness of heart? Are you walking clean, washed, made whole? Well, as they're preaching, the priests and the captain of the guard, the Sadducees, they all come running up. They're grieved that the people are being taught about the name of Jesus and the resurrection from the dead. Sadducees don't believe in the resurrection from the dead. Pharisees do, but the Sadducees don't. And verse 3 tells us of chapter 4 that they grab them and they put them in jail. What a night of praise and worship that must have been for Peter and John. They were receiving the privilege of suffering for the name of Jesus Christ. About 5,000 people were converted that day. Now you have a church of 8,120 people just within a very short amount of time. Does that tell you that we have missed the Holy Spirit? I am pleading every day for the full Pentecost power of the Holy Spirit, and I am expecting to receive it day by day, because I know that the work of the gospel will not progress in America until at least... A few men and women receive the empowerment for ministry of the Holy Spirit. This is called revival. I want revival. I need revival. I must have revival. I will not compromise. I will not back down. I will not back away. I am going to press into Jesus until the fullness of the Holy Spirit comes, because I am, one, hungry for Jesus, and two, I am hungry for men and women to be converted.
your condition today? Do you need to be converted? Can I pray for you? I'm going to open the phone lines. 877-534-0780 Is there one person today who will call and say, Pastor, I need to be converted. I need to repent now of my sins. Is there one person today in all of this vast congregation of people listening is there one person who has the courage and the interest to say I've not been converted pastor will you pray for me 877 534 0780 would you call quickly? I'm not going to wait very long. Do you need to be converted? Do you have the courage to say so? Do you know in your spirit and in your heart that you have been laying at the gate ugly and you're sick and tired of the gate ugly and you want to go dancing into the beautiful gate, the gate beautiful? Is there one person today who has the courage to call 877-534-0780 and say, Pastor, I want to be converted. Will you pray for me? I'll wait for just a minute longer. Mr. Producer, are there any phone calls coming in? Mr. Producer, are you there? I think he's answering the phone call. <laughs> Do you know what should be happening? The phone lines at Weva should jam. Good. Put Charday through. Welcome, Charday. What would you like to say? Sir, I would just like, I just was listening to you on the, the AM 780 channel. Yes. In the midst of transferring from Gospel Channel 104.1, I was telling my friend, I'm like, hey, just sitting here, just driving around from D.C. to Maryland, I'm just frustrated because I'm trying to let go, not of sin, but of, of an addiction that I have. And as a young professional, I know the importance. I'm very intelligent young woman, but it's taken over me. Why? Because once I do this addiction, I cannot. My mind is clogged. My relationships with people are bad. You know, it's just different things. And not only that, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm, I'm the oldest of my siblings. I'm the oldest of the grandchildren. And I just lost my grandma who was battling cancer for almost three years. And now she's gone. I'm dealing with my mom and my aunt and my uncle who can't get along over the wheel. And I'm getting pulled in because I'm the oldest of all the grandchildren. She's the only one that I'm the only grandchild she left something to. And 
I'm having relationship issues with my dude. He's trying so best, so hard to be here to support me, and I see it. And I've been with the person for eight years, but I don't want to lose the person because why? Because he's a good man, a God-fearing man, as well as myself. We're, we're both educated, but this one problem that I had is affecting me overall in my whole life. And I can't even call the addiction hotline because why? Because the devil like to keep documents of wrongdoing, though. So I had to wait and ask God for some answer to who can I call or who can I call on. And I had to turn on the AM channel to listen to 780 to hear you tell how you want us to, as women and men to come together. You just need a couple of us so we could be able to revive America. We could be able to revive young people, though. And I instantly heard you say 877-534-0780, and I picked up the phone and called out. Because I need to be revived because I'm a God-fearing woman. I know the importance of the serenity. I know the importance of the Lord's prayer, though. I know the importance of going out here and feeding the people. I know the importance of that is me, though. I am humanity, but something that I personally been dealing with by myself in my life is taking over my life, and I don't want it to. I just, I'm begging for help. So I'm so is... begging for help right now as a God-fearing woman because I'm only 26. I don't have any kids. I don't have anything to lose right now. What is the addiction you're struggling with? marijuana okay let's pray right now lord i hear your daughters cry out against marijuana against any drug lord it's a way she sins before you she comforts her heart with this wickedness and i'm asking now in the mighty name of jesus that you would come to her that you would take her by the hand and say, Daughter, it's done. It's finished. You don't need to go back to this thing again. Its power is broken by the blood of Jesus Christ right now. Lord, set her free right now. Lord, solve every issue of her heart and heal every brokenness of her heart and call her to yourself, Jesus and cause her today to get on her face before you and lay there confess every sin she knows and ask you to come in and take charge now of the least detail of her heart and lord i ask this marijuana in the name of jesus you leave now this wicked spirit of addiction be gone in the name of jesus lord i thank you i ask now that it be finished in her heart that she be released from this demonic stronghold. Lord, we claim your blood over her. Wash her now and make her whole. Bring comfort and joy and love into her heart, Jesus. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor. You are so welcome. Now get with Jesus. You are free. Don't walk back into that captivity by the blood of Jesus. It is finished. Now I'll tell you a story. A man talked with me and he was addicted to 
tobacco, which is just as bad as marijuana. And he asked, will you pray for me, Pastor? I prayed for him. He woke up the next morning and he reached for a cigarette and the Holy Spirit said, put it down, you don't need it. Later in the day, he reached for a cigarette, the Holy Spirit said, put it down, you don't need it, it's done. In over 10 years, he hasn't smoked one cigarette. It was done. Mm. Now I'm telling you, it's done. Believe the word of the Lord to your heart. It's done. Don't pick it up again. All right? Yes, sir. sir. All right. God bless you. I love you. Thanks for calling. I love you. Thank you. Please call me back and let me know that it's finished. And give me a praise report for Jesus. Yes, sir. I will. All right. God bless you. God bless you, Pastor. Bye-bye. Look, that's how it works. By faith in the blood of Jesus, it's done. It's over. Mr. Producer, any other phone calls? See, this is what I'm talking about. Many of you have not been converted. You're comfortable in your same old, same old. Your drug may not be marijuana or cocaine. Your drug is money or comfort or lukewarm religion and you are struggling with your sin and you are not free but you're too proud to call you're too proud to come and worship and ask for prayer and the anointing of oil for release from your sin you're too proud for that what must I say or do that will cause you to be converted. I simply now, in the name of Jesus, put every person listening to this broadcast into the hands of Jesus Christ to be dealt with according to their need. I trust you, Jesus, to come and bring deep conviction of heart to them. I trust you, Jesus, to come and breathe the Holy Spirit into them and change them into your likeness. Lord, come, Holy Spirit of the living God. Bring the gift of repentance to Washington, D.C. Lord, we are such a wicked, contemptible, comfortable people, so religious and so ungodly. Almighty God, come in power now into every home and every office and every car. Lord, come wherever these precious men and women are found. You love them, and you want to take them from the gate ugly through that beautiful gate into your presence and into the refreshing and anointing of the Holy Spirit. Come now, Jesus, please. I pray in your holy name. Amen. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. We're almost out of air for this broadcast day. I just want to continue. (laughs) Next week we'll deal with conversion again. I invite those of you who, who love this broadcast. Please, will you sacrifice to keep us on the air? Will you give hilariously and joyfully to Jesus 
that we could remain on air. You can send your tithe, gifts, cash, money orders, whatever you have, to the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Again, that's the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Please make out your check to the National Prayer Chapel. It's tax deductible. And I also ask that you come if you need to be converted. We meet at the All Saints Anglican Church in Woodbridge, Virginia. We begin praying at 12 noon on Sunday. We're located at 14851 Gideon Drive. If you are hungry for Jesus, then please come. Don't come to visit, come to find Jesus. All Saints Anglican Church, 14851 Gideon Drive, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22192. Now, would you please also consider going to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com, and there is a button you click where you can donate online. We need many of you to do this so that we can pay July's bill. God bless you, my brother, my sister, as the Holy Spirit moves in your heart to convert you and change you. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Before the presence of His glory with great joy